The opinions expressed on the ACB Media Network are those of the content providers and should not be viewed as an endorsement of any product or service. Nor does it reflect the views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the International Relations Committee and Multicultural Affairs Committee co-sponsored event on NLS the National Library Service for the Blind and Print Disabled, expanding its foreign language collection. We're delighted to have Kelsey Corlett-Rivera with us, who is the foreign language librarian for NLS. And, you know, from my standpoint, and I think for, for many of us, I speak when I say we know, you know, of course, that NLS produces a lot of uh, English language titles, but we may not be aware of the uh, many foreign language titles that it has produced and that it is uh, continuing to produce as it uh, ramps up that and increases that production with the uh, implementation of the Marrakesh treaties. As I mentioned, I, I know I personally, and I think many of us are going to uh, really learn a lot from the session, both in terms of what NLS is doing and uh, how we can find all of this uh, great material. Uh, so before we uh, begin with questions, I'd like to uh, turn this over to Gabe to say a few words on behalf of the uh, Multicultural Affairs uh, Committee and also its uh, subcommittee on his on its uh, Hispanic Affairs subcommittee. Gabe. Thank you. Thanks, Maria. And welcome, everyone. Welcome, uh, Kelsey. We're honored to have you. Well, as a Spanish native speaker, um, I'm delighted to be able to co-host this panel. Um, I don't know if uh, many of you are aware out there that uh, one of the recent, most recent uh, ventures of ACB has been to create a Hispanic subcommittee within the Multicultural Affairs Committee under the direction of Cheryl Cummings. I'm proud to chair that subcommittee and uh, anything we can do to expand uh, Spanish language content for our members and potential members within the blind community will be greatly appreciated. Um, Maria, I don't know if you wanted me to go. Oh, there's Cheryl. <laughs> so I, oh, I, I, I know Cheryl has a welcome as well on behalf of the MCAC, the Multicultural Affairs Committee. I don't know if you want me to wait uh, to follow the agenda as we had planned it to give a little bio on Kelsey after Cheryl speaks, or you want me to go ahead and do that now? Sure. Let's see if Cheryl is able to come in and give her sure. remarks. And Absolutely. Then we'll and then I'll talk Thank a little you. bit about Kelsey. Yep. Sounds great. Thank you, great. Cheryl. Thank you. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Gabe. You do your introduction of Kelsey. Okay. Thanks, Cheryl. So, um, well, like we said, we're honored to have Kelsey um, Corlett Rivera joining us today. She is, as Maria said, the NLS um, foreign language librarian. And uh, she's been in this role since July of 2020, but she comes to us with a great, great deal of experience. Uh, she has served in the University of, Maryland, University of Maryland as also um, managing foreign content, foreign language content, Spanish, German, French, Italian for students, faculty, and researchers. Uh, she has also worked in the public and private sectors uh, in project management in the area of foreign language translation. She holds um, her undergraduate 
uh, degree from Harvard University and her graduate degree from University of Maryland. And um, with all that experience, uh, over 10 plus years of experience in foreign language uh, translation and content, uh, we are so privileged to have her working for NLS on the foreign language uh, division. So that is a little bit, I know I must have missed a a lot, but that's a a little bit of of who we have in Kelsey as as an ally and as as a person who's working for us in foreign language at Marrakesh Treaty. So Cheryl, all yours. Thank you so much. Um, Kelsey, so we are so excited to have you join us today. And I know this is going to sound like a super basic uh, question, but um, I'm hoping we can start here and then we'll sort of get uh, more detail. But Kelsey, uh, welcome again. And can you begin by telling us a little bit about the current composition of the foreign language collection? Um, You know, what are what are some of the titles? Well, maybe not. What are some of the titles? But um, what are some of the the different types of languages that are there? Um, and if there's, um, you know, uh, perhaps like one um, language that that has a greater collection than others. Anything you'd like to tell us to start would be fantastic. Sure. Thanks so much, Cheryl. And thank you so much, Ariel, for that introduction. Um, you did not leave anything out. That was fabulous. So I appreciate it. Um, thank so you. thank you, everyone, for for having me today. I'm really happy to be here to talk a little bit more about this. Um, and I could talk about our collection for hours, so I will try to keep it to a reasonable amount. Um, and I, I do hope we'll have time for, for additional questions at the end. Um, so just to talk a little bit about the the current composition of the the NLS foreign language collection. Um, so I, I looked into this on Tuesday, the 21st. And at that point, we had digital audiobooks in 48 different foreign languages on BART. Um, Spanish does have the most at just about 3,700. And then French follows around 900, German at 350, Russian at 300, Italian at about 200. Um, and then we have many, many languages where we have one or two books in those languages, um, typically languages of limited diffusion. Um, but we do also have 11 different foreign languages in digital Braille on BART. And I just want to make sure that everyone knows we do have another 20 other foreign languages that are in hard copy Braille that can actually be requested by interlibrary loan still. So, um you know, that said, the, the most Braille we have is actually in German, then French, then Italian. Um, I will note that a lot of those are actually Braille music scores. Um, so they, they pump up our numbers, but they may not be practical for everyday reading purposes. Um, and then Spanish at 55. Uh, so just kind of to give you an overall picture, um, at this point, we have about 6,700 foreign language books on BART out of a total of about 20,000 foreign language books in all formats in the entire NLS collection. That is so awesome. Um, I, and so I, I'm slipping in a question because it was just something I was wondering about. Sure. Um, so when you think about sort of the collection, is it a collection that is available to folks across the ages? So you know, if I'm a little kid, can I find like Spanish books for kids, young adults, or 
absolutely. Um, so we we do collect for all audiences in all, most languages. So I when I first started this position, I did a bunch of research with census data just to get a feel for um, where the most um, speakers of different languages who also declared some sort of vision difficulty on their census forms, what age groups those folks fell into. Okay. And um, so the, the languages that we're focusing on for juvenile materials right now are, of course, Spanish, but also Arabic, um, Haitian Creole, and there's quite a few others. Um, I'll also note that for, for juvenile and young adult materials, um, we've had some requests from adult readers who are learning that language uh, to get more juvenile and young adult materials, just because those can be a little bit easier to start off with when you're learning another language. So we do, we have, you know, um, books that I read to my kids in Spanish, they're four and eight, and then books that, you know, I would anticipate my my mother-in-law would, would read as well. So we run the gamut, right? Nice, nice. All right, so I'm back to my official question, <laughs> which is um, how can one browse the foreign language collection um, if you're using BARD? Absolutely. Um, so I will say that, that browsing in, in some of our um, more heavily collected languages is getting a little bit tricky, right? You know, it can be really hard to browse through 3,700 titles on, on BART. Um, so we've got a few different options for ways to, to track down the language and the material that, that you would like to read. Um, so we do have a new publication. It started last August called Foreign Language Quarterly. And we post a selection of the new foreign language titles that have gone up on BARD in the previous three months. Um, so I'm just working on the list for the next quarter right now. And I think the last one went up at the end of April. Um, so that's one way to keep an eye on what's coming out. It's not comprehensive. You know, at this stage, we're adding about 300 Spanish titles per quarter. And there's no way that we can really do a list of all of those plus all of the other languages. So it's a selection. Um, but I would say the, probably the, the most user-friendly way to find books in the language that you want to is to set the preferred languages on your actual BARD account. Um, so this is another enhancement that we did last August. And so you can go in and actually set it up so you can see all of your search results. Um, you can limit the languages that are included there. So if you only want Spanish books, you could choose Spanish. If you only want English books, you could choose English. But you can also choose multiple languages if, say, you wanted to see English, Spanish, and Portuguese, for example. Um, so that And that means that it applies to whatever searches you would regularly do in BARD. Or if you're looking at the recently added books, um, you can... Actually, if you if you even if you don't set your languages, um, we've added a filter option that's at the beginning of search results in BARD. So if there's more than one language on that page, you can filter by language and see only those results in French or only in German. Um, and so those are a couple options for for BARD. Uh, the the final option that I'll mention there is that you can. If, if you don't set up anything, if you just have regular BARD with no personalized settings, um, you can always enter your search term and then limit the search to a language in the combo box that immediately follows that keyword entry. So um, if you wanted to see everything in French, for example, you could 
type French in the box and then limit to French as well. And we're always trying to fine tune those options just to make them work a little bit better. But that's a new thing that I'm pretty happy about. All right. Thank you so much. All right, Maria. Thank you, Cheryl. So now that we've heard about what's in the collection and how we can access it, so I'd like to move a little bit now to more of the, the macro, the, the higher level 30,000 foot view on actually building the collection and the acquisitions process. And so I mentioned um, the Marrakesh uh, Treaty, and that's something I'm chair of the American Council of the Blinds International Relations Committee. So um, certainly uh, in inter-country relations is something that... Um, we have a lot of uh, interest in. And so uh, for those who don't know, first of all, if you want to just give a, a very high level summary of what the Marrakesh uh, Treaty allows you to do, uh, but then more specifically, uh, what, what's been the impact of it on the collection? Have you um, been able, uh, so the U.S. has ratified this treaty. And so now uh, as you're looking at, at uh, acquiring more of these foreign language titles, um, have you been able to partner with uh, uh, different international organizations? Uh, and if so, are there ones that you're particularly uh have been doing a lot of partnering with um more than others yeah Yeah, absolutely um so first of all i'm super excited about marrakesh as well you know it's really just changed so much about how i can do my job um so the marrakesh treaty was initially signed in 2013 um in marrakesh morocco which is why it's referred to as the marrakesh treaty um but it essentially allows uh us to exchange accessible books across borders. And so this was never possible before the Marrakesh Treaty was implemented. You know, somebody in Germany could have need of a book that we had in our collection and we were not legally allowed to send it to them um, due to copyright and various international um, intellectual property laws. Um, So just being able to um, exchange content across borders has been the biggest improvement um, that Marrakesh has has brought about. Um, It also expanded a little bit what we're allowed to do here in the U.S. So now we're actually able to record narration of play scripts, which we were not in the past. We had to request individual copyright um, clearance for each play script that we wanted to do. Um, So that's, as you can imagine, been huge. And um, the treaty is administered by the World Intellectual Property Organization, And they have really taken the lead by creating a central database of accessible books that can be exchanged. And so they've done that through a body called the Accessible Books Consortium, ABC. And they've set up the Global Book Service Catalog, uh, where I can go in, I can search for books, I can see pretty much right away what's available. And there's close to 300,000 accessible books that I can download right away. Um, so it really is just a complete game changer and that's, it's in a variety of languages. Um, there, of course, different countries have different capabilities when it comes to producing accessible books. And then they also have different capabilities when it comes to sharing. So there are some countries who have shared their, their metadata, their descriptive catalog of books that they have, but they haven't gotten to the point where they can actually send digital files, you know, all of these audiobook files are so huge that it can be really kind of a heavy lift to, to send many of them at the same time. But that said, it really is a fabulous resource. Um, so just to kind of give you an idea of, of how much Marrakesh has impacted us. Um, you know, if you think like the five to 10 years before it went into force in the United States, which happened in 2020, that's when all the, the legal hurdles were 
or jumped, if you will. Um, so the, the five to 10 years before that, we could really only add new books in Spanish through our regular channels. Um, we could sometimes get books in French through some one-off mm -hmm. exchange type things. Um, but since Marrakesh was implemented and we, we added our first Marrakesh book to our collection in November, 2020, And since then, we have added a total of 1,342 audio and Braille books in 13 different foreign languages through the treaty. So that's Arabic, Danish, Finnish, French, German, Greek, Hebrew, Italian, Japanese, Polish, Portuguese, Spanish, and Vietnamese. Um, so it's just been huge for us in terms of both the volume and the variety. Um, so I know I'll, I've been talking for a while, but I'm going to keep talking a little bit more just so I can get in a couple more key things here. But, um, the, the other great news is that right about the time that Marrakesh went into effect, um, we were actually able to set up an agreement with Overdrive, um, which is one of the biggest provider of eBooks and audiobooks for public libraries in the U S. Um, and so through Overdrive, we're able to get some of the languages that we can't get through Marrakesh. So that would include things like Mandarin Chinese, Urdu, Persian, sometimes known as Farsi, Russian, Korean, and a few other languages. So um, between that and the fact that we're always converting some of our older foreign language cassettes to digital, um, in 2021, we were able to add 1,584 foreign language books to BARD. And so far in 2022, we've added 790. And so Between 2006 and 2020, we were averaging about 217 per year. So this has just been an exponential increase in the amount of content that we're able to share this way. And, you know, vice versa, we're actually really able to contribute to the international community because we've already shared our full digital collection. So that's 86,000 audiobooks. 15,500 Braille books with that accessible book consortium global book service catalog. So that means that any country around the world that has ratified Marrakesh can access our material as well. And so since 2020, those have been downloaded 2,029 times by 39 different countries. So that really makes me happy that we're able to contribute um, as well because we do have such a huge collection. First of all, uh, wow, thank you for sharing all of those statistics. And um, I had no idea that it was so multifaceted with the overdrive relationship as well. And that's just so um, great that also that, it, that it's able to go, um, you know, both ways. And I think what you were saying um, earlier with the play scripts, I can see that being helpful if they're, uh, you know, plays for you know, school age or something that can make foreign language learning perhaps as well um, a bit more engaging. So all of that is uh, really wonderful. I think you had kind of started to, um allude to to some of this as well but if we want to uh, uh if you have any more details to share i'd like to kind of explore a bit more on um what some of the uh the challenges i think you've mentioned definitely you know benefits if there's anything else you wanted to mention there but um also you know some would have been kind of some of the the challenges of building out the collection 
Sure. And sorry for my background noise. Um, the American Library Association conference is taking place in DC this weekend. And so we have tours coming through our office today. So um, other librarians are, are getting my spiel as well right now. <laughs> um, but sure, you know, so I, there are a couple more benefits that, um, you know, I could go on all day about this, but I think some of the, one of the main benefits is just, there's been a really like really a willingness to try new things. Um, so one of the things I'm really excited about that I think um, uh, will be great is we've started putting together combo audio and braille language learning books. So we take like a commercial language learning book, like behind the wheel Spanish, for example, and that comes with a very extensive print textbook, essentially, you know, it's like almost 300 pages of printed material um, that we were never really able to provide meaningful access to before. And so we've been able to transcribe that in Braille. So you can follow along the audio with the, the actual Braille printed material. Um, so we have that available in Spanish now. So you can search um, behind the wheel Spanish on, on BARD and find it that way. But we're also planning to add, like we have this in, in the pipeline, it's, it's going to happen. Um, French, German, Arabic, Chinese, Italian, and Polish language learning that will have this audio braille combo. Um, so that's something we've never tried before. And it, I think it'll be fabulous. I'm really excited about that. Um, but some of the challenges, you know, there, there really are some languages that even after two years, um, almost now, it's just really hard to get them in audio or Braille. Um, you know, I've started building some relationships. We have uh, the Library of Congress actually has um, field offices around the country. And so around the world, I'm sorry, not the country, the actual world. Um, so Jakarta and uh, Nairobi and Islamabad and a few other locations. Um, so I'm trying to work out, work, work with them to maybe get access to audiobooks that are produced in those countries. Um, but that's, that's going to take a lot of time to get that to happen. Um, and, you know, for, for many countries like the Philippines where Tagalog is spoken, which is a big, um, it's in, in demand for us, both in terms of potential patrons as well as, as current patrons. Um, the Philippines is in a pretty tough spot when it comes to producing uh, accessible books themselves. So they're not sharing internationally, even though they've they've ratified Marrakesh. So the same goes for Haiti. You know, Haitian Creole is in huge demand um, and it's just been really tough to, to find the material and also... Um, set up a structure to, to pay for narration or transcription or anything. Um, so I think over the next two or three years or so, we'll, we'll be able to expand our um, structures at NLS to be able to, to do some of this ourselves. Um, but for now, it's, it's a little bit frustrating because I have a few that I'm, I'm starting to call my white whales, you know, the languages that people ask for over and over that I just can't seem to get. So the other challenge for me, um, you know, I'm, I'm fluent in Spanish. I speak Italian and Portuguese. I can read French, but there's a lot of other languages out there that are in our collection. So, you know, we get requests for um, Chinese, lots of Mandarin and Cantonese as well. And so I've, I've reached out to colleagues, you know, we had an intern this spring to work specifically on Chinese. Um, but there are times when I'm, I'm sitting here with my Google translate and a, a lot of hope. So um, I, I think, you know, it's, it's a, uh, I'm really happy to be working on this variety and I, 
I um I think we're going to be able to get some some really good stuff. But that's those are come some of the challenges that I'm working with right now. Well, thank you for that. And I think it's great that um you that you can envision NLS being able to fill some of those gaps, hopefully, in the next years. Uh, and it's that's very fast. I had no idea about the field offices around the world. That is very fascinating. Um, so I will turn it over to Gabe now to continue. Thank you, Maria and Cheryl. Kelsey, I have a question for you. What do you foresee? with uh for the collection for the next say five years sure um well i'm really excited to be a part of the next five years i'll I'll say that um you know i think we're we're on a really good trajectory right now and i have a lot of um, things to look forward to but you know short term uh overall we're going to keep adding more books and more languages you know it's kind of what it boils down to but the top priority languages right now are spanish um of mm-hmm. course and we're actually we shoot for about 70% of the foreign language collection to be spanish because that's about um where the demographics and the demand is at mm-hmm. this point um but also french um i've said tagalog a bunch of times uh Vietnamese, German, Chinese, both Mandarin and Cantonese. And honestly, we should look into some other um, Chinese dialects as well. Um, Italian, Russian, Arabic, Haitian Creole, Korean, Portuguese. Um, and then there's there's many others. Um, some examples of requests that come have come in that I haven't been able to fill yet are for Kenya, Rwanda, um, Somali, Pashto. Um, we've also gotten Native American language requests, so Cheyenne, Ojibwe, um, and you know we're going to continue collecting the same types of books in foreign languages that we do in English. Mm-hmm. So that means we we have fiction in a variety of genres. We have nonfiction that's you know written for the the general public. Um, I will say we we don't collect academic books at this point um so that's been a shift for me coming from the university um but it's also means i get to get a lot more fun books as well um so we we add translations of english books into the foreign languages and then we also add books that are originally written in those foreign languages Mm -hmm. so i mentioned this a little bit earlier but we do collect across the age spectrum so juvenile uh, young adult and adult books um as demand goes and so you know, I've, I've spent a lot of time talking about audiobooks in these languages. Um, we do very much intend to add additional Braille um, in as many languages as we can. So right now, um, uh, Marrakesh hasn't worked out as well for, for Spanish Braille in that um, the ONCE, which is the, the main um library for the blind in spain Mm -hmm. they have a proprietary format for their braille and they haven't been able to share it internationally so they are working on this and they're trying to Mm -hmm. get it into a a more shareable format Um, but the same actually goes for russian as well they have a a proprietary format that they've been legally required to use for copyright purposes so there's a few things like that that they have to actually change laws in countries before we can share those widely so marrakesh helped a lot but it hasn't hasn't quite fixed everything there um but i just started you know we've we've added we added french braille a couple weeks ago from marrakesh and we've got another batch going up today so we have a a nice workflow in place for that now and then german is on the horizon there too so the 
the hope is also that we're going to be able to leverage technology a little bit more there. So we are, we have been able to start getting um, EPUB files for books in some foreign languages. And so we're trying an, an auto conversion process that's then proofed by Braille readers in that language to be able to get some electronic Braille in additional languages up on BARD. And I think the first one that we'll be able to do for that is Tagalog. So that's in process right now. So in uh, Spanish as well, but um, that's uh, on the radar. So we'll continue to work on improving discoverability of foreign language books, just making sure that you can actually find the stuff that we have in our collection, because otherwise it's, you know, it's great to have it, but if, if you can't find it and use it, um, it doesn't have quite as much impact. Um, so the other thing is, you know, for, I started in the middle of a pandemic. So for a long time, I was yes. working from, from my house and I hadn't visited the office and yeah. we actually have a treasure trove of, of foreign language Braille in the basement. So um, there's a, a full Quran and Arabic Braille. We have a full French LaRousse dictionary downstairs. Um, so these have come in over the years from various sources that predate me, but um, I'm working on getting them organized with the hope of getting them out and available to patrons. Um, So I think they'll probably start out as being available as, as hard copy, but we do have a plan in the works to try to digitize some of those as well. Um, and then once we get out towards like the very end, like of the five-year window, I'm, I'm hoping that I would be here talking about the world language mm-hmm. collection as opposed mm-hmm. to the foreign language collection, because so, you know, <laughs> nice. we, we serve folks in the U S and so many of these languages are spoken here in the U S. So, um, I'm not sure that foreign language is quite the right name for what I do and want to do. Um, so, and the other thing that I, I always keep in mind is that I'd really like to have a better selection in each language so that patrons don't have to read what's available in the language, but they can actually read what they want to read. Um, So that's kind of been my overarching goal since I started is, is just making choice an option, right? Sounds exciting. I can't wait for, for the day in which we do talk about world language versus foreign language. Absolutely. (laughs) Well, um, on our list of panelists questions, the only question that I have left for you is um, giving you an opportunity to say anything else that we left out. If you want to add something before we open up to questions from our participants. Um, you know, I think I just like to emphasize and just say thank you all for, for having me today. You know, I, um, with, with, you know, I do a lot of work on our collection, but it's not often that I actually talk directly with patrons since, since most patrons work with their network libraries in the state. So it's really great to be able to hear from folks directly and see what people have on their minds and, and see if I can help address any of that by, you know, filling out the collection in certain areas, or if there's anything else that, that I could do to help. So, you know, this is, you know, i like that my my introduction said, you know, I I studied foreign language in college and um, my husband is from El Salvador and mm-hmm. I spent a lot of time over the past 15, 20 years doing foreign language library stuff. So this job has very much been like the culmination of all of my experience. And I'm just really happy to to be here and see so much mm-hmm. interest in it. So it's it's great. And I appreciate y'all spending your Friday afternoon listening to me talk on about this. 
Oh my gosh, thank you. And I just want to say how, you know, when I saw our title, Foreign Language, I was trying to think like, what, what's a better word? And thank you so much for talking about world language. I think that's fantastic. I think I'm going to start saying that because you're right. All the languages you spoke about are all languages that are spoken here in the United States by different, you know, all of our citizens. So it's, it's so important that, that we not, I don't know, that we get rid of that uh, name that, mm-hmm. that I think makes it sound like the other, uh, the stranger, exactly. which is yep. not true. Um, all right. Well, that's my soapbox for two seconds. Um, but <laughs> well, uh, Tori, can you tell us if there are any hands raised? Uh, if there are any any people with questions? We've got about 30 or so minutes for questions. Deborah, you can go ahead. This is so exciting. Um, I have a um, comment, thank you, and a suggestion. My comment, thank you, is a year ago I emailed you and asked for the uh, Memoria del Fuego um, trilogy in Braille. And it was so exciting because now I have it in English and I can listen to a little piece of it in English, go back and listen to the audio in Spanish, and then go back and read the Spanish in Braille. And I have six semesters of college Spanish, so this is really improving my Spanish, reading a real book and being able to switch between the English and the Spanish and having the words in Braille under my fingers. And if anybody who's into Latin American history uh, would really enjoy this book. You, it takes intermediate uh, level Spanish skills and the Spanish is read very rapidly. So it's nice to have the Braille. I also wanted to um, suggest for us language learners that it might be helpful to have a mini bibliography of children's books or of books where you have both the English and the, for, uh, the, the world language in uh, audio format. Because often, like, Island of the Blue Dolphins is both in Spanish and English. And you read that chapter in English, you go back and read it in Spanish, it makes a lot more sense if you're just learning. Thank you, Deborah. It's nice to, it's nice to meet you on the Zoom. Um, I thought I recognized your name when, when it popped up, um, but I'm happy to hear that Memoria del Fuego is working out. I was thrilled when that was the, the first book that we got requested since I started to do in Spanish Braille. So it was a, a fitting beginning. And um, that is an excellent point. You know, uh, I had a, an idea of maybe putting together a mini bibliography of language learning titles, um, but I hadn't thought about the idea of setting it up as here are some basic books to get started with or books that are available in both languages. And I will note that um, for any book that we have in in translation that was originally in a a foreign language and was translated into English, um, I am trying to add the foreign language version because I think we should really have that original. You know, if it's appropriate for a collection in English, it it certainly is in the original language. Um, So there should be more and more of those. And that's a great idea to put together um, uh, a list like that. Thank you. Jewel, you can go ahead. Hi, my name is Jewel. Um, so I wanted to mention a few things. Um, when my husband converted to Islam, um, and he was not a Braille reader, I reached out to try to learn Arabic Braille. And the only resources I could find were um, elsewhere in the world. So there was an Indian teacher who taught me for a little bit through Zoom and then just kind of disappeared. 
And I couldn't find the Quran in Arabic, only in English. And it was a highly translated version. So I would ask that um, Arabic be given a lot of consideration for more um, more books because it is definitely desired, um, especially Arabic Qurans, because that is very hard to find in Braille. Um, I was not able to find any at all, and I asked worldwide. Um, and also, um, you spoke about language learning. Is there plans to have Braille manuals for the different language codes? For example, Arabic Braille, Japanese Braille, Spanish Braille, all you know, all the different languages um, in the future to have a braille manual that teaches you the code for that language like i know spanish but maybe i don't know the spanish braille code those are trickier questions <laughs> um i i very much feel your pain about uh arabic in general um so currently the only arabic materials that are available via marrakesh are actually available from sweden and they have done audiobooks for their um, immigrant community within Sweden. Um, so the materials that I've been able to add have come through Sweden that way. Um, so there hasn't been any Arabic Braille shared via Marrakesh at this point. Um, I am now, actually, I, I went out to lunch and I came back and I had this delightful box that I haven't had a chance to open yet. But um, I was able to get in touch with the foundation in um, United Arab Emirates called the Calumet Foundation, and they shipped me a box of um, juvenile books in Arabic Braille. So I just got that. I'm very excited to open it. Um, but I think that I'm hopeful that I might be able to leverage some of our um, field offices that work in that region. We do have a field mm-hmm. office in Cairo, and I'm hopeful that they may be able to reach mm-hmm. out to the the publishers in Arabic speaking countries to see if we're able to acquire Braille directly that way. Um, That's, that's the arrangement that we have right now for um, Persian, both, well, Persian Braille um, works for both Farsi and Urdu, but um, so I, there, there's some possibilities there. And then we're also exploring um, doing some of the more automatic conversion on Arabic EPUBs to be able to get some more Arabic Braille. Um, but it, yeah, it's, it's, it's trickier than I expected. Um, and I was absolutely thrilled when I came across that Quran that's in our basement and I'm, I'm looking at how we can get that out to folks sooner rather than later. Cause I, it does seem to be, and that actually came directly from Saudi Arabia. So we have been able to get some materials from them over the years. It seems like, um, as far as Braille codes in each language goes, uh, we have that has not come up before. That has that's the first time I've I've heard that request. Um, but I I see how that would be valuable. So I'm going to put it on my my list to bring up with my colleagues um, and see what we might be able to do there for sure. This is Maria. If I can just quickly jump in on the Braille codes, because we recently for International Relations Committee had a community call on Braille around the world. And one of our presenters recommended a resource called World Braille Usage. Uh, That is available for download on the uh, Perkins School for the Blind website. I don't know if it's their library section offhand, but you can either just Google uh, World Braille Usage Perkins or something similar. Or if you go on acb.org slash committees, which is plural, 
uh, acb.org slash committees and then click on our committee, International Relations. Um, under the community call or uh, archives uh, section, you can find that global Braille call, but underneath that is one called Global Braille Resources, and it's a page, and there is a link on that page to that world Braille usage. And I know you can download it in BRF, which is electronic Braille, and also um, in a PDF version. And I believe that that does contain the Braille. It's not learning. I believe it just lists the the uh, various Braille codes, what, what the dots are for various um, characters. But that is a resource that was given by one of our uh, our presenter from India when I asked about Braille and Indian languages. So hopefully that helps in, in any language. Yes, it does. I actually have a copy of that on my desk, a hard copy of it. Um, so that was one of my finds when I finally came back to work in the office after the pandemic. But it does, it is very much just a, this is what the code is. So it's not so much learning or practicing, but so for example, it has an entry for each country. And, and so for like Honduras, it says language Spanish, they usually use uncontracted um, the, the Braille standards are set by the Latin American Braille Council um, that it notes the, the literary notation they use, the math notation, and then the music notation. And then there's a separate entry for the actual Spanish alphabet and Braille. So yes, that's, that's a good point. Thank you for bringing that up, Maria. Gary, you may unmute. I'm going to sound like a real fossil here. I'm going to approach something you haven't talked about yet, but I, I think it exists. The library used to have a very interesting collection of books in classical Greek and in Latin. They were, a lot of them came from England and they were pretty good. I'd like to know if you still have them. And if you do, I don't remember anymore how to borrow them. I would love to borrow some of those. But in addition to that, uh, I wish some of those books could be made available electronically. For example, there is no good dictionary of classical Greek in the United States in Braille. Uh, you had the best one it came from England. It wasn't a real good one, but it was a lot better than anything we had here from America. And some of that stuff, if it could be made available, would help maybe not a million students, but there are students who are studying those languages that it would help. And as a former teacher, former high school teacher, I know if, if we had an electronic edition, say, of the Aeneid or something like that, kids could use that to work with their classes and it would be easy to get and easy to use and it would be very well done. And uh, I just like to see some of this stuff converted to electronic Braille, if that would be possible. Yeah, you and me both, Gary, we are on the same page there. And you're not the only person to ask about both ancient Greek and Latin. Um, so I'll, I'll take your first part of that question first. Um, so we do still have all of our hard copy Braille um, it's mostly held in our main multi-state center East, which is in Cincinnati. And then it's lent out directly to patrons from there. Um, so unfortunately I am not the expert on exactly how to go about that because network librarians around the country in the state libraries typically help folks with that. Um, so they're going to be your best bet for figuring out exactly how to get those items. Um, definitely something I should have clarified in advance since I'm here talking about how great the collection is. I, I should have come prepared to explain exactly how to get that material. Um, but it is available yeah. to be lent out via interlibrary loan at this moment. So it's, it's there. Um, there is, 
Um, I did get a question recently about the materials that we got from the National Braille Association um, that they passed on to us. And that included a lot of Latin and Greek. And that's actually... I had most of it brailed myself, I think. Okay. (laughs) So... uh, so we do still have copies of that as well. And that's out yeah. at the the warehouse multi-state center West, which is in Salt Lake city. Um, and so both of those places are equipped to lend uh, that material out to patrons. And these are all listed in the Voyager catalog as opposed to Bard. So if you're interested in that hard copy material, you can always um, search in the Voyager catalog, which is accessible through the NLS website. Thank you. Um, the second part, uh, you know, we have some amazing stuff. So, you know, you mentioned the Greek dictionary, but there's the Arabic Quran, you know, we have the whole French LaRousse. Every time I go downstairs, there's just this st- shelves and shelves of, of things that I wish we could have on Bard right now. Um, I will say a lot of it, not so much like the NBA stuff, but a lot of the stuff, say the Arabic Quran, it's all an interpoint. So it's on both sides of the page and our digitization process that we have right now is not super happy with that uh, format. It takes a lot longer and more tries. And, and when we're talking about something like the Quran or a LaRousse, or, you know, we also, we have Russian English and English Russian. We have, we have two full dictionaries. Um, So there's just a lot of great stuff. So you know, we're, we might we might end up trying to do a special contract or, or come up with some way to make this material accessible electronically, because I hate to see it just sit there when folks want it. And even if we get it out and lent, you know, that's still one person at a time. So um, I'm thinking in the next year or so, hopefully we'll have a new a new way to go about that. All right. Thank you, Gary. Carla, you may unmute. Well, a lot of my questions have been asked. Gary asked about the Latin, although I like to see some when you do the, um, you know, the wheels and the different instruction material. It'd be nice to have some instructional Latin material available in Greek, um, because even though these languages aren't spoken, they're far from dead languages, because if you're doing religious studies or if you teach Latin, they would come in handy. The other thing I wonder about is I know you said that you didn't do a lot with the academic textbooks. And I was wondering if there was a way that more academic textbooks could be done. Because if you are, and I'm a blind um, teacher, totally blind, and I teach Spanish, French, German, English is a second language, and sometimes Latin, you know, I'm not as good as Gary, but I do the Latin mini courses and things like that, because I've had linguistical Latin, and I'm learning Italian. And um, if you go to Bookshare because of the agreement that they have, you can, a teacher, let's say a, a blind teacher who teaches Spanish cannot get the Spanish textbooks and, and things like that, that that they may be wanting to use with their students. If you're a student, you can get it, but you can't in, you know, and I'm trying to say, if you're a teacher, you're not K to 12 or in an academic program, a student, you can't get these books. And so this is an audience that is underserved. I'm going to I keep talking to Bookshare about that. And then the other thing are there instructional materials for English as a second language? 
I don't know if, if, if you know, that's a world language. Um, you know, to us, it's our native language, most of us here. But I mean, to other people, it is not. And I teach ESL. And sometimes there aren't a lot of accessible ESL materials to the point that I have developed my own textbook series for ESL. So I'm just, or my own, you know, let's say curriculum. It's not really a series, but it's a curriculum. But are there things um, like that? And the third question I want to ask is, um, these materials, are they written in the contracted codes of the languages? Or are they written in the quote unquote, um, what we used to call grade one with the um, modified um, diacritical marks? So those are my questions. And thank you for this presentation. Sure. Um, yeah, it's great to hear from you about this. Uh, so, um you know, the, the academic books is, is part of our official collection development policy. Um, so it's not so much foreign language materials or anything, you know, that I've decided it, it predates me. But I do very much see your point about Bookshare not providing access to teachers. Um, so I've taken note of that and we'll, we'll bring it to my, my, um, to my, my up the chain, if you will. Um, so your last question... And that, that includes, I'll, I'll keep an, an eye out for instructional Latin and Greek. Um, I have not seen any of that available to purchase at this point. Um, so I'll keep an eye out for it, but um, through through the resources we have available at this point. So it's, it's going to go on my list of, of things to keep an eye out for while I'm ordering materials. Um, so that said, uh, we do actually have a fair amount of English language learning materials. We had a question about this from the New York Network Library recently, and um, a lot of them are on BARD, but we have English for Spanish speakers, um, we have English for Japanese speakers, and let me just pull up my list real quick so I'm not... Uh, making any of this up and telling you actual official details but um yeah english for arabic speakers english for cantonese speakers um we have english phrasebook for spanish speakers english for portuguese speakers english for italian speakers um and then I think, yeah, so like drive time English intermediate level. And so a lot of these right now, we just have the audio versions up on Barge, but we are in the process of transcribing the accompanying Braille material as well. So we're hoping to turn pretty much, you know, what we have access to into these combo audio Braille language learning materials. Um, so those that I mentioned are all on Barge. Um, the... And I, I do hope that we can get a list of these up on the website pretty soon, like a mini bibliography or, or something similar, because the way that that library catalogs talk about this stuff is self-instruction. That's the word you got to use to search. So it's self-instruction. Um, so if you type in a language, you could say, you know, self-instruction Spanish language, and you'd get Spanish language learning materials. So it's not particularly obvious, but it, it will get you to um, what is in the, the collection, especially if you're searching in the Voyager catalog. So those are just some tips there. Okay, Sharon, you may unmute. Hi, uh, thank you very much for this presentation. Uh, I am not fluent enough in other languages to really listen to a narration. So I'm kind of curious about what the narration standard, standards are like in other countries and whether if they're not kind of up to the NLS standards, whether that's still being okay, 
or whether they have to pass some kind of muster. Thank you. Sure, no problem. Um, and Sharon, you, you just reminded me, I forgot to answer one of uh, Mary Carla Hayes' questions as well, but let me let me do yours first, Sharon. So um, we are being more flexible when it comes to books that we get from other countries through Marrakesh. Um, you know, there's a lot of programs that are roughly equivalent to NLS. So aside from the Global Book Service provided by the Accessible Books Consortium, we also have a direct agreement with the Center for Equitable Library Access up in Canada. And they have a lot of materials that are produced by CNIB. Um, and those are very much very on par with our our. Um, specifications as as far as audio narration goes. Um, same goes for for large entities like RNIB in the UK, which we can't actually get audio from them right now due to to their internal copyright laws after Brexit. Um, but they're working on that. So for other materials, and I, I'm thinking of Portuguese in in particular, um, we've gotten audio narrations directly from Portugal. Um, and we got them based on a patron request. So we had a fifth grader who was interested in upper level juvenile young adult books in Portuguese. And so because we had a specific request, you know, I downloaded the books, I sent them to our um, media lab to get checked out and they were like this narration is not where it needs to be and I said look you know this is available it's already in accessible daisy format um we have a patron who needs them let's go for it and so we are um trying to make sure that we're not being too stringent so that we can get materials that we would have no other way of obtaining um but also making sure that we're not ending up with books that don't play or that you, that the audio quality is so terrible that you can't actually understand. Right. So we're trying to find middle ground there. Um, and then before I forget uh, Mary's question about what Braille code. Um, so interestingly enough, say like Spanish, Spanish doesn't use contracted Braille. Like the Braille code is uncontracted. That's what, the world braille usage book that I have here on my desk says. Um, so we do follow the, the code that's been developed for that particular language. So one example is um, French. You know, we I just added some French braille and that is in the standard French code, um, which has an acronym that, of course, I can't think of right now. But um, that's that's what we're going with is the standard code. So, you know, we have unified English Braille. We use um, it's the the CBFU. So the uniform French Braille code is what we're using for that. So thank you. And sorry to hijack your question, Sharon. Mary, you may unmute. Okay. Uh, thank you for the presentation. I have a couple of things. If I want to find, I suppose it would be through Voyager, every possible book that you have in Russian, whether it's audio or Braille, whether it's because you said you had a lot of things that weren't in Bard, um, how, how would I to do that can i do that through the express search or do i have to go through some big old search and is there are there instructions that's one thing uh the other thing relating to arabic braille uh 
I'm really happy to hear the Quran you have is from Saudi Arabia because there's one from Egypt that is impossible to read, <laughs> and which I won't go into why, but it's good that you got the one you did. And there is Arabic grade two. The Quran is not printed in Arabic grade two. It never would be. But I, when I was studying Arabic for my work, I got some b- books that came from Cairo, and they were children's books. And alas, they were written in grade two, which I could not reverse engineer. And there was no way, even from Cairo, the instructor tried to find Arabic grade two code because it's way different. Um, So if when you're searching out Arabic Braille, if you could ever find that code, it could be helpful, probably mostly for native speakers, but because I don't know how extensively it's used. And also my last thing from the Western States where you said the uh, stuff from uh, Braille book bank went, I know of a book that was in Braille book bank that I really want access to. And I've gone through my regional library. This was a few years ago and they couldn't find it. So, um, any any ideas? I know it was available, and then it got sent to Library of Congress, and then it went away. And the people who authorized the original printing are now up and down about copyright and how they can't possibly give it to Bookshare, blah, 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 which isn't true. But anyway, I'll shut up, and hopefully, you know, I didn't talk too much. Absolutely. Um, so I'll go in order. Um, so the first thing, uh, yes, there are instructions for searching um, for a particular language in Voyager, and they're actually printed at the beginning of every foreign language quarterly. Um, so I'll tell you briefly now, but you can always refer back to it. And though the foreign language quarterly is on the NLS website in the same neighborhood as TBT, the Talking Book Times and uh Braille book review. Um, so you, it doesn't work in express. Unfortunately, Voyager is not user-friendly enough to have that, um, a th- be a thing, but from the Voyager basic search, um, there is a way to set search limits. That's the name of the, the button. So when you choose set search limits, you can select the language that you want to search in. And so you could, choose that there's first a date range then the language um and you could choose russian and then when you click set search limits that's the name of the button um it takes you back to that basic search page with that limit in effect and you could just type in russian and that would get you everything in any format um in the collection in Russian. And I, I get to 1,071 titles, a lot of which are hard copy Braille BRFs. So the next thing um, that's good to know about Arabic, um, I will absolutely keep that in mind and good to hear that the Saudi Arabian Quran is the best bet. Um, as far as the, the National Braille Association collection, um, that very much predates me. I've asked around about it a little bit, um, but I don't have a, a final answer. What I will say is um, the, the book number for all of these books 
in Voyager um, starts with NBA. So um, you could type in, there's a fancy command search, but even if you type in NBA1, for example, as a keyword search in Voyager, um, it does pull up uh, the first National Braille Association book, which is Maxime in French by Rochefoucauld, which I just pronounced terribly, but you get the idea. So that's one tip there, but I'm trying to get more information about that because um, the other patron I had uh, heard from about this also seemed to think that mo that some parts of that collection were not included with the rest of them. So I don't, you, you might um, not be wrong that it didn't end up there somehow. So I'm still sort of tracing the, the dark depths of history to figure out what happened there. Nat, you may unmute. Hi there. Um, I'm Natalia. Thank you uh, for this amazing presentation. Um, I just had a couple of questions, please. Uh, I am in the process of moving to Ireland and I am learning Irish. And uh, I was wondering, um, how about Irish as a language? Um, and uh, I was wondering also, how would I subscribe to the foreign language uh, quarterly newsletter, I'd be interested in subscribing to that, please. Sure. Um, so the we do actually have an Irish learning book on BARD at this moment, oh, um, really? which is somewhat surprising to me as well. I did not realize wow. it. Um, I had, it's one of our older ones that we used to have on cassette and we had digitized. So uh -huh. the book number for that is DBF. Okay. So I'm writing this down. So DBF, DBF 04919. 04919. Okay. Excellent. Thank you. Sure. And then uh, that's another question I should have clarified before I started today, but um, you can access the foreign language quarterly at any time from the NLS website. Mm -hmm. um, and if, let me just pull this up. If you start at oh, where did I put this okay so from the library homepage the NLS homepage if you mm -hmm. go to braille and audio reading materials mm -hmm. and then latest books in braille and audio okay. then you can click on foreign language quarterly okay and that takes you to the, the main page for Foreign Language Quarterly where you'll see each issue listed. Okay. Is there a way to subscribe to it as like a newsletter that would come to your email or do you just have to remember to check that page? Um, that is a good question that I could definitely follow up on and share with uh, Cheryl so she could send it out to everyone um, because I okay. don't actually know um, at this moment. So I will okay. get that to share with everyone because that's a, that would be helpful. Okay. That's fair enough. Would Irish be a language that you would be interested in uh, possibly adding more material in or? You know, we're interested in adding materials in languages that our patrons want. So, you know, okay. you're a patron, you want some, yep, um, absolutely. it seems reasonable to me. Uh, okay. I have no idea where or how I would obtain it at this moment. So right. um, it's going to go on my list of languages that I would like to add and I, okay. I will do my best. And that's, that's probably what I can promise right at this moment. Okay. 
No problem. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate you. Sure. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Take care. Meryl, you may unmute. Hi, everyone. Cheryl, uh, Maria gave everybody. Okay, my question is, um, my name is Meryl, and I had a double major in French and Spanish in college, and my ma- I have a master's in Spanish. And right now, I'm teaching Spanish 101, um, which is a community call for ACB at 7.30 p.m. Eastern on Monday evenings. And I was wondering, um, you know, Carla was talking about the availability of foreign language materials um, in uh, for people learning a foreign language. So for Spanish, for example, a lot of people, several people in the class, they can't afford to get, you know, certain apps to learn it. And the class is only once a week. And I had asked for the lessons to be podcast. And so far, they haven't done it. And if I were to do it on groups.io or Dropbox, I'm not good at those yet. So I need some kind of remedy if you guys can work on some instructional materials for people learning Spanish you know, that would be helpful for people, too. I mean, I could do a lesson guide, but it would take a lot of time. And Yeah, know. absolutely. Um, so so right now, um, you know, the, the good news is that there is a decent amount of Spanish language learning materials that we could get um, commercial audio for mm-hmm. um, and then go ahead and provide the accompanying material as, as Braille that's more like an actual textbook. Um, so we have three of those audio braille combos up on Bard right now, um, under the behind the wheel Spanish series. So there's level one, level two, and level three. So if you search in Bard for behind the wheel Spanish, um, you could get to those. And then the next one that we're adding is the Pimsler Spanish series. Um, so that is already up on Bard and audio, but we haven't finished the accompanying Braille for it yet. Okay. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. No problem. And there is more um, where that came from. So um, you can look at the, you can try some more searches in Bard to get to Spanish language learning or Spanish self-instruction. That's your mm, best Thank bet. you. And I'm going to check out the foreign language quarterly also. Okay, great. Happy to hear that. Thank you. Mm-hmm. This is Calandra. Go ahead, Calandra. Yeah, um, we're, I mean, I'm interested in learning French and Spanish, and I've been trying to get, um, you know, Braille materials as well as um, audio. I did get something like e-ticket Spanish, but it was not audio. And, um, but what I want to know is, is there a number that you can contact other than the state library to get foreign materials such as Spanish or French? Yeah, um, we we do have uh, the NLS reference section here um, in DC, and we do have the the main contact number for them. Um, I recommend them just because I know that one of my colleagues over there is a native Spanish speaker and is pretty familiar with that. So. Um, yeah that that would be a good resource to keep in mind so let me see if i can grab that number um so that's the uh, one second so that's on the website actually so it's that that 888 nlsread so 888 
Um, I think it's it's regular business hours Eastern time. So they'd be open for another couple hours right now. And then again, starting next week on Monday morning. Right. Thank you so much. Um, we are close to three, uh, two fifteen. Um, so Kelsey, I just want to say this has been really fantastic. Um, it's been so wonderful to learn about all of the options that are available to um, get access to, to different languages. Um, and I also just want to thank uh, Maria and Gabe for helping to put this together and to thank you, Kelsey, for giving of your time and for the work that you're doing. It's so fantastic and so amazing. Uh, Tori, thank you also for hosting so go ahead, Maria. Okay, <laughs> thank you. Uh, yes, I definitely want to echo all the thanks uh, that, that Cheryl just gave. Um, Kelsey, as I, I knew it was going to be, this is just so uh, fascinating. I learned uh, so much, and I feel like we have so much to explore now as, as patrons after this call. So um, thank you for, for all the great information. And thank you, Cheryl, for coordinating and um, for being the lead on putting this together. And thanks to Gabe as well, and Tori and Rick for streaming. Thanks to all of you who attended and asked um, great questions. And um, I would definitely encourage uh, all of you to uh, look in your convention uh, programs for during the uh, hybrid portion as well. We have tomorrow as well in the hybrid portion. And then after uh, both the International Relations Committee and the Multicultural Affairs Committee have some great programming. So if some, you know, international, uh, you know, different cultures, that, that kind of material uh, is of continued interest to you. Um, you we have uh, for uh, the World Blind Union Chief Executive Officer, uh, the Multicultural Affairs Committee and International Relations are working together uh, to co-sponsor that on um, international relations. So on the, on the theme of world language, uh, international relations has a panel of immigrants uh, that uh, Gabe, who is here, will be one of our uh, panelists uh, on the 4th of July to tell their stories of coming to U.S. And I know Multicultural has a luncheon on Native American history and um other things that I'm forgetting because they have so much going on. <laughs> but uh, definitely would encourage uh, all of you to uh, look in your programs for that material. Any In, in our last minute that we have, any uh, additional closing uh, comments from anyone? <laughs> I just want to say Kelsey. thank you so much, everyone, for having me. This has been a great conversation. Thank, thank you. you. Oh, thank you. Yeah, no, this is, this is really neat. Uh, so I think that is a wrap, right? Yeah. It, I think we did it. We, <laughs> <laughs> we have a whole minute to spare. <laughs> so Kelsey, this this has really been fantastic, and and so glad that you're there and that you're doing the work that you're doing. It's so um, truly needed, and and it's nice that you know we have access to to books all across the world now. Thank you. Thanks again. Have a great weekend. All right. Me too, you too. Kelsey. Keep in touch.